0: Hello there, you're very welcome to At Home with Raffney, a show that's designed to help you if you're looking to buy property in Ireland. I'm a licensed buyer's agent and work with clients who are too far away or simply too busy to get a property bought. I also offer one hour property coaching calls, which you can book by clicking the link in the show notes below. These calls help my clients get clarity and focus whatever their property issue is. Thank you for listening. I really hope you enjoy today's show and find it useful. So you're really welcome to today's episode of At Home with Brevni. It's episode 52 and we've reached the 4000 download mark, so that's super exciting. And actually we are doing take two of this conversation because I'm kindly joined for the second time by Robert Hoban, who is CEO and founder of Offer.io. And Robert and I met in the Westbury where we are now uh, before, but I'd forgotten To bring the right equipment so he's kindly joining us again and actually it's probably going to be better the second time around because I feel like I've got a better understanding of this product that you uh, have Robert so thank you very much for joining me and taking the time to explain it all so can I ask you what is offer.io
1: sure well we came up with a product that uh, tries to address some of the major frustrations and pain points that everybody has in the property sales process at the mm-hmm. moment. Can mm-hmm. um, we uh,
0: talk about them for a minute, the pain points?
1: Yeah so the biggest problem for the moment for I mean, in, the, in, the, in the Irish property market and, and in the UK property market uh, but just focusing on Ireland at the moment is uh, the length of time it takes mm-hmm. to sell a property yeah. and the total inefficiencies of use of human time in that process. Agreed. Um, you have a lot of stakeholders involved and the estate agent is trying to manage it all. Ultimately, they're the ones tasked with managing the entire process, mm-hmm. um, but you have the solicitors acting on both sides, you have a buyer, you have a seller, you have a bank, and you can have a bank on both sides. You can mm-hmm. have a bank mm-hmm. where the seller has mm-hmm. a, a, a charge and then uh, they, obviously the, the buyer might have a lender. Um, And because you've got three massive industries trying to all get to the same end point, Mm -hmm. so you've got the property industry with the estate agents, you've got the legal industry with the solicitors, and you've got the finance industry with the banks, uh, it can take up to seven or eight months to get from listing a property to actual completion when being paid. Mm -hmm. And I just think that is
0: ridiculous. Yeah, well, I would agree with you then. And certainly, just to take it from perspective, the perspective of a selling agent. I know you and I have both been selling agents and I feel when I was a selling agent the exciting bit was getting their property on to sell. That's when the adrenaline is and that's the fun bit. And then once it's sale agreed, that's nearly the dreary bit because that's when you have to chase up with your aid, with your solicitors, etc. And it takes so much time. And in a sense, in your own heart and soul, that deal is done. You want to move on to the next one, but you've still got all this legal paperwork to chase, etc. Yeah. So it sounds like offer. How will We're Offer deal with that? We're
1: trying to address uh, two fundamental areas, and you might call it one is front of house and one is back of house. Great. Uh, the front of house element is whereby there is a bidding process, um, and it is when it, when when you, when you review the entire process, it is the most stressful and probably the one that everyone talks about the most is the bidding process. Yeah. Uh, particularly if you have more than one person interested in a property, mm-hmm. I and mean, the estate agent is doing their best to try to handle all the offers, take them in, inform other people about other offers, and unfortunately no matter what you do and no matter what you say as an estate agent, it's very hard to convince people that everything is legitimate. Right? We ran a survey, we a Morwick research to do a big survey for us, over a thousand adults were asked uh, a few questions about the property process mm-hmm. of the industry, but the property sales process, and even though I honestly believe that the vast majority of times there are legitimately offers and legitimately buyers there, uh, over 55% of people said they do not believe that the offers are real, Goodness. that there are fake bids in the process um, and so there's a massive perception issue there Okay. Uh, and, and so the first thing we're addressing is by creating a registered online bidding process mm-hmm. both for private treaty properties whereby mm-hmm. people can place offers conditional on them getting their mortgage mm-hmm. right? so it's very uh, friendly towards people who have to get a mortgage or have to get a survey, it's not an auction style mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, we also have the auction style bidding whereby it's a more direct, fast, more type cash buyer, investor type process whereby contracts are signed immediately. So the front of house bit is the bidding bit mm-hmm. and then behind the scenes we have created really good technology to help streamline the legal process. Uh, this helps the vendor get their legal documents together to give to their solicitor so that the solicitor can more quickly draft a contract which can then be made available through the data room. Uh, and then the buyer solicitor can download those contracts and get very quickly to an
0: exchange. So front of house is the bidding bit, mm-hmm. back of house is the sale progression bit. Okay, can we just look at the bidding bit for a second and say as a buyer's agent, um, one thing you pointed out there is that it takes the agent a lot of time to physically get back to Mary whose bid. 370 on a house, and then John has bid 375 on a house, and just bid it back and forth. And from my point of view, when I'm dealing with clients who are living overseas, we might be putting a bid on a property, the agent gets back to me, by the time I've heard back from my client, the bidding has moved on again and again, so we're nearly always out of step. So to me, the idea of having an online visual where I can see immediately what the bids are, I can see that really helpful. it means I don't have to phone the agent, he doesn't have to phone me, or he doesn't have to phone me, it's visible. Yeah. Well, as
1: you can see now on my phone, yeah. uh, here's an estate agent who's selling a property, and there's the button on their website, and we just tap the button, and up pops a list of the registered offers on that property.
0: Can I tap that button if I'm not registered with offer? Will the offers pop up if I... I'm a buyer, Sure. I see you Robert Hoban have a house for sale and it has an offer button on it. If I tap that offer button without having registered with offer will I get any information?
1: So you will see what the latest offer is but the estate agent has control over to decide whether to show all offers just to anybody randomly browsing or to have offers shown to only registered people um, mm-hmm. and we we allow the estate agent to configure the offer panel to what they want to do okay but what one of the, the most important things is that there's notification of offers coming in so mm-hmm. if you place an offer on a property you mm-hmm. will be notified automatically of any other offers that come in on that property instantly mm-hmm. in real time so it doesn't matter what time zone you're in whether you're next door to the property or whether you're in Australia mm-hmm. and you want to know if an offers come in on that property you'll get an email so instead of you know saying oh the agent never got back to me or mm-hmm. by the time I spoke to the agent two more offers have come in exactly. and you're starting to go hang on is that real mm-hmm. how do I know this? every time I ring to talk to the agent to we another two offers come on the property mm-hmm. that's eliminated now because the estate agent can use our system to automatically notify everybody mm-hmm. um, and there's the automatic notifications apply to lots of other things too so offers are obviously very important mm-hmm. but there's so many hours an estate agent wastes chasing with phone calls chasing people for updates sending emails that don't get responded to, leaving voicemails and then hoping to hear back. And these are things like f- trying to find out from the solicitor where are we at on the,
0: mm-hmm.
1: on the process, trying to find out um, have you got proof of funds from a buyer, you know, trying to chase even uh, AML documents from their
0: own client, the seller. Mm-hmm. All that should be automated and that's what we do okay so can we just take it from the buyer's perspective first and then i'd love to take it from the seller's perspective the selling agents as a buyer one of the difficulties i instinctively had with the concept of offer was that okay yes i can see the bids are logged and yes i can log a bid but what i'm missing out of all that is that soft information that i might get if i phone an agent eg let's say i'm bidding on a property on behalf of someone and i talk to the agent and the agent says you know what i reckon if you go another five you you're going to knock out the other bidder and you're going to get it you're probably the preferred bidder because you're a cash buyer and the other one's sale a loan buyer Mm. and so what i feel when I see the offer button on a website I think yes it's good clinical cold information but the useful information that often comes through this buying to this talking to the agent is the softer information the more contextual information, the more human information that helps me make a more informed decision. Yeah the background information you might even say. You said it. Um,
1: Absolutely and and that doesn't change so for the agents that are using the offer uh, button and the offer technology they are having all those conversations as they would normally with their buyers. Uh, if anything, they're now they have more time for those conversations. So instead of being chained at their desk trying to make a hundred phone calls and send hundred emails, mm-hmm. they're now chatting to their buyers. So all we're doing is formalizing the key events. So the the the, the actual arrival of the offer mm-hmm. and the the moment it was allowed, the mm-hmm. date, the time, the amount. So all we're doing is putting that into a structure. So now the estate agent can still be having the chats with those people, those people mm-hmm. placing the offers. Um, you know, meeting them at the property, mm-hmm. discussing where the bid is at, where mm-hmm. maybe the next bid should be. But the nice thing for the agent and the buyer is now the concern around whether the offers are real is now gone. That's, that's just not on the agenda yes. anymore. Now it's all about where should the next offer be, is it the right property for you, you know maybe this is the, our budget, have you any other other properties coming up that we should be looking mm-hmm. at. All those conversations are now going on so you've got these rich background, contextual information going on, and that's where the human element of the estate agent mm-hmm. brings their value to the process mm-hmm. and their advice and their experience and what's on goes on up there in their noggin, in their mm-hmm. head, is mm-hmm. t- imparted. But instead of having to spend the time trying to convince the buyer that this offer is real, mm-hmm. they don't have to talk about it anymore because, let's just say, give an example, let's say someone places an offer of €350,000 and there was another bidder on their property, mm-hmm. The estate agent can now say to that person as you saw there you probably got that email there this morning with another bid of 350 on Mm it where are you thinking are you thinking Mm -hmm. of going again and then the buyer might say well look i see it's going up in ones at the moment what do you think if we put an offer of five thousand dollars on it and the agent might go yeah i think that might do it or they might say look to be honest with you we're still a long way short of where the the vendor needs to be if i were you now i'd be bidding 360 or 365 Mm -hmm. and then that you know, the buyer can make their decision. Then, now, when it comes to placing the offer, they go back to the button and they put the 360 in, and that formalises it.
0: And now. They can have that conversation again with this data agent so okay so it's a workhorse it's doing all the actual infrastructural logging and the grunt work, and, the grunt work. Yeah. Yeah. and all the discretionary stuff all the contextual stuff as you say can still happen mm-hmm. it's not like it's replacing the relationship between the agent and the buyer or the agent and the seller it's simply just getting it's, all it's that information it. out
1: it's enhancing it it's enhancing it because it's removing that element of Distrust.
0: Okay, so I'm a buyer then and I have seen the bidding process. I've had my hard relationship with the agent via offer and all the facts. I've had my soft relationship with the agent via background chats. Now I'm sale agreed on the property. Mm -hmm. How does offer affect my experience from here on in as a buyer?
1: Okay, so it automates a lot of the key communications. Okay. Um, And that's one of the big, big benefits we see us bringing or certainly we're trying to bring is the lack of communication that goes on at the moment is possibly the number one source of stress and dispute that emerges in a a property sale, particularly when it's sale agreed. Mm -hmm. Because everybody assumes certain things. The buyer just assumes that the solicitors take over and it'll all be done in a flash. Mm But under the old way, it can take up to six weeks for the contract to even be issued by the seller solicitor to the buyer solicitor. And that is because in most cases, the seller solicitor, it's the first time they heard of their client selling the property Mm -hmm. because they get the sale advice note in from Mm -hmm. the estate agent. Um, so we have done a huge amount of work behind the scenes to reverse that process, to make real fundamental changes to the timing of this process. So, for instance,
0: okay, so now we're kind of moving back
1: to the vendors and the vendor with the agent. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. So I suppose maybe before moving back, yeah. I'll just continue there. You asked about, you know, the, the buyer's experience. But hmm. well, what happens is immediately a go sale agreed offer on behalf of the state agent will generate the sale advice note, which mm-hmm. is a, a, a document that summarises the key uh, terms in that agreed yeah. sale and it starts a clock ticking Mm -hmm. and it gives the buyer approximately 21 days to sign a contract. Mm -hmm. This is on the assumption that the contracts and title are are already available and ready to download by their solicitor. Offer then on behalf of the agent communicates with the solicitors, gives them all login and the buyer solicitor downloads the legal pack, raises their first set of queries through our system, which notifies the vendor solicitor that their query is ready, Mm -hmm. and then they upload their responses, which notifies the purchaser solicitor that the response is ready. But the nice thing about this is it notifies the estate agent and the client that queries have been raised and they've been replied to. Right, so they can see the pattern of back and forth in between the agents. There's full confidentiality though and protection whereby the content of the communications are only between the solicitors. Mm -hmm. But at least the estate agent and the clients can keep track of certain key activity, removing the need to be chasing everybody to find out what's going
0: on. Okay, can I ask you, Robert, in advance of buying the property, is it possible to view the legal pack or is that at the discretion of the agent as well? Let's say I'm interested in a property and I want to know, uh, has it got a funny boundary issue or has it got anything odd? Can I see the legal pack in advance of making a bid?
1: Yeah, so the technology is there for the solicitor for the vendor to make available the documents. Right. Now, it is at the discretion of the solicitor for the yeah. vendor and in some cases there might be sensitive information that they don't want to release into the public domain and that makes total sense um, but by and large there are certain information that can be made available such as you know um, if there's certificates of compliance or planning if there's various things that people would actually take benefit from knowing in advance mm-hmm. uh, we're a big believer that the more information you can make available in advance of a non-sensitive nature the quicker life is going to be for everybody mm-hmm. I'll give you one of the key examples mm-hmm. If you have a buyer who's getting a mortgage for a property, mm-hmm. and if there is an issue with that particular property that's going to prevent their bank lending on that property, mm-hmm. everybody still at the moment has to go down three or four months of hell and torture before they found out they were never going to be able to buy that property. After agreed. agreed. Mm. Everybody loses in that scenario, right? The time o- is lost. The other buyers are gone. Mm. The seller is going to the agent, have you found, Have you where are my other buyers? And the agent's going, they're long gone, that's mm. three, four months ago. And if I went back to them now, I can only imagine what offer they'd like to give me now. Mm-hmm. And then that particular buyer has just wasted all their time to try and find another property. Mm-hmm. The seller has to reduce their price probably to try and find another buyer. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be able to give the agent any more marketing money because mm-hmm. they've already spent six or seven hundred euro marketing mm-hmm. it. The solicitor, has wasted their time, neither solicitor is getting paid their fee, Mm -hmm. the bank hasn't given the loan now, they thought they were Mm -hmm. doing a drawdown Mm -hmm. and that's disappeared now Mm -hmm. as well. How anybody wins from that, I just do not know. So you know, the idea that contracts and title should be made available in advance, I believe personally that of the over 10,000 properties that are listed on
0: Daft & Myham at the moment, Mm -hmm. there should be a contract and title available for every single one of them. I completely agree with Dean. It would just keep everything shipshape and moving forward, rather than, as you say, going into limbo for this three-month period where we discover are we a match at all, or are we not a match? So, we believe that look, it's all very well complaining about it, and mm. everyone loves complaining about these things mm-hmm. in,
1: the, in this in this country, but nobody likes doing anything about it. So we said right well here let's try and do something about it let's find out what is going wrong mm-hmm. what is the problem here because everybody loves blaming everyone else if you ask a solicitor mm-hmm. uh, ask an estate agent they'll say it's the solicitor's fault mm-hmm. They hmm don't give any reasons they'll just say it's the solicitor's fault mm-hmm. if you ask the solicitor they'll say it's the bank's fault or it's the estate agent's fault or it's, it's always someone else's fault mm-hmm. so what we did was we went in I went in and I went and I have good relations with a lot of law firms and I went into about a dozen law firms as part of our research phase and I asked a very simple question I asked what is Preventing every property in Ireland having a contract for sale in draft form made available in advance of an offer being accepted Mm -hmm. during marketing, you might say And the responses were very instructive and insightful. Mm -hmm. There was no blame game. There was nobody Mm -hmm. throwing Mm -hmm. accusations Mm -hmm. around the place Mm -hmm. It was just a simple, in your professional opinion, what do you think is preventing it? And fees were never mentioned. It Mm -hmm. wasn't about fees. Mm -hmm. It was about three particular things. One was notification so the law firm said in over 50% of the cases the first they hear of it is they get a sale advice note in from an estate agent saying please issue contracts to ex-solicitor mm-hmm. and the, in fairness to the vendor sisters, they're going well like, I have a, we're nowhere near mm-hmm. having a contract ready this could take weeks and weeks mm-hmm. but yet nobody else appreciated how important that was mm-hmm. the second thing was the title deeds so the title deeds for the vast majority of properties are sitting with the lender the secured lender the bank and it's probably sitting in a in a a warehouse Mm -hmm. uh, on the edge of a town down the country somewhere Mm -hmm. because that's where they store these things. They have to be requested. But to request it you have to get, uh, the solicitor has to draft a letter of authority it's called and that has to be sent to the client, the Mm -hmm. vendor, who has to sign it and then has to send that back to the solicitor. Who then has to send that into the bank. Mm -hmm. Um, And that again only ever happens after sale agreed. And then the third thing is there's a quite a large volume of documents and information that the vendor has to give to their own solicitor. Mm-hmm. So the solicitor doesn't know if the property taxes have been paid. Mm-hmm. They, they now, as a result of what well, revenue mm-hmm. have looked for, ha, are in charge of, of sorting out a lot of the tax issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for instance, MPPR and residential mm-hmm. back from 09 to 13, mm-hmm. copies of marriage certificates, the mm-hmm. solicitor doesn't have that. Uh, certificates of compliance and planning regs and building regs, the solicitor doesn't hold that. Mm-hmm. Um, copy the lease if it's if it's rented. If it's a commercial property, you've disability access certificate, you've fire safety certificate, you've got the management company, you've got the VAT inquiries, all these type of things have to be gathered. And there's an awful lot of chasing by the solicitor of their own client trying to get this. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the buyer is wondering what's going on, starting to get suspicious, starting mm-hmm. to throw the toys out of the pram. The state agent is trying to keep it all together uh, because of course the agent is the one that everyone has quick access to mm-hmm. yeah so their mobile phone number is on the website yeah and uh, they're like a politician going around trying to answer a thousand phone calls all mm-hmm. the time um, and all this is going on and all this madness is happening everyone's falling out with each other and giving out with each other and yet everybody wants the same thing they all want the thing to get closed
0: so uh, then are we saying that when an agent takes on a property to sell if they're using the offer system am i right in understanding that the agent is more likely to have the vendor fully briefed to get their legal documentation in order as well as the staging so that they have a conversation about staging and presentation and viewings yep. and then they have another conversation at the very same time about legal. About preparing is correct. Uh, not only is the vendor briefed but they're
1: also act- actively involved in getting the documents together through this really sophisticated, slick, um, online uh, tech tool we have whereby the vendor completes a questionnaire they can use their mobile phone or their desktop Mm -hmm. and they can use the camera on their phone to quickly snap all the documents that they have at home marriage certificate, their divorce certificate, unfortunately mm-hmm. that's what it is, mm-hmm. or if it's, a, if it's a widow or widower, they, they actually need the death certificate right. of their former partner, this is what the solicitor requires, and the copy of the lease, management company information, they quickly fill all this in, and there's a progress bar that says 20%, 50%, 70%, and this goes direct to their solicitor. So okay. this could be a couple of weeks before the property is even listed for sale, Fantastic. this is happening now already.
0: Brilliant, and so the agent gives the vendor a link to that offer system? Correct. Yeah. Okay.
1: and to the, to the solicitor. Yeah. And so the solicitor doesn't have to do anything, they just sit and wait for all this information to come in, and then we're working with the banks, um, we're working for instance with AIB, who's one of our investors, um, as is Bank of Ireland, we're working with AIB on, on looking at sc- ways of using some really swift technology like DocuSign to get the letter of authority in more quickly To the bank to get the title deeds moved. So all of this is going on behind the scenes that we're helping. We're just trying to help the estate agent, help the buyer, help the seller, help the solicitor.
0: Get the deal done. Get
1: the deal done because it's all very well saying there should be contracts Mm. ready. Mm
0: -hmm. but Let's actually
1: do something about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And and to enable the contracts and titles to be made available, we've built a data room technology for every single property. Uh, at the moment, data rooms are a very powerful tool. It's like it's like a, a, a what you call it, like a Dropbox mm-hmm. for a property, mm-hmm. but they're only ever used on very high-value commercial properties mm-hmm. because they're expensive to build. Mm-hmm. So what will typically happen is if a shopping centre has been sold, mm-hmm. the the, the agent there will have a large budget, a marketing budget from the client. It could be 50,000 thousand euro, mm-hmm. and they might use one or two thousand of that to build a data room. Mm-hmm. And now the vendor solicitor can populate that with copies of the leases with title information all the various bits and pieces Mm -hmm. and it's available only to registered investors to do their due diligence but that's a teeny teeny tiny tiny percentage of the market Mm -hmm. no other properties have data room technology available because Mm -hmm. it's expensive to build Mm -hmm. we're now democratizing that we're providing full data room technology for every single property irrespective of value it could be a a 25,000 euro apartment that will have a full data room technology Mm -hmm. and we took the view that it's it's not good enough just providing the data room technology because it's not much fun having an empty data room Mm with nothing in it we need to actually help everybody get the documents together mm-hmm. and that's where that questionnaire comes okay
0: and it. Um, it strikes me that there's kind of an emotional side to this whole thing when it comes to the vendor because when an agent takes on a property to sell they have this tentative and growing relationship with the vendor That yes we are going to go ahead and get this deal done for you we are going to find a buyer. but to some extent i wonder does the vendor really believe it's going to happen you know it's such a big decision. It's such a big event in a life that I can nearly see how emotionally the vendor is saying, okay, well, it's as much as I can do right now to get this property ready for sale. Am I really going to go and get all the legal stuff? Will we just see first? Is there a buyer? Will we just see? I'm just wondering, will there be any resistance from the vendor to actually engaging in this absolutely, you know, um, it's it's hard work getting this documentation together, and yeah. it, it requires sort of a leap of faith and a conviction that this deal is going to get done. And I'm wondering, given that so many houses deals fall through at the moment, I'm wondering will the vendor really find themselves motivated yeah, I, to
1: doing this? I think you find that some will and some won't. Yeah. I think you'll find that some will get it immediately, and yep. they'll go, "I need this sold, right? I yeah. have, I'm buying another property, I'm moving, I have a job, I'm, I'm going to uh, emigrating, I'm mm-hmm. doing whatever it is that." I don't have the luxury of just kind of messing around for the next 12 months just yeah. testing the market and mm-hmm. I actually need, need this sold and if this is going to help get it sold, well then I'm in. I'm all mm-hmm. over it. Right. Give, give me access to it. It's there, a good
0: point. The more motivated they are, yeah, the more organised they're There, there are be. other
1: vendors that will be like that and they'll just go, ah, do you know what? I'm just. I'm really only testing the market and throwing it out there, but it, I think the agent might like to know that.
0: Yeah, exactly. It'll be useful so the information the agent, to the agent, the agent too.
1: Has vendors vendors—they're going to see very quickly which are the ones that are really engaged, yeah. and which are the ones that are actually just time wasters. Let's yeah. face it. Um, and it is unfortunately and un- understandably very tempting for an estate agent to want to just take on any instruction that they can get on. Mm-hmm. Their yeah. business depends on it. Their mm-hmm. livelihood, you know. And, and you know, a lost instruction is a gain for another estate agent. So it is understandably very tempting to just take on every instruction, you know, visit it on a Tuesday try and have the instruction on a Wednesday and have it up on that in my home on a Thursday right Mm. that's the ideal Mm. time frame Mm. but unfortunately the trade off is that you're probably going to look at six months extra to get this thing over the line because Mm -hmm. there's no incentive to get the paperwork ready behind the scenes um, whereas this way it educates the vendor uh, and we've had a hugely positive response from the solicitors
0: yes I can imagine I, I've
1: been into so many law firms and I've had so many solicitors contact me now through LinkedIn directly mm-hmm, right. saying look we love it we're sick of the process We're, we're delighted to have early contracts and get it all closed yeah. off early you know the fact is the majority of properties that go for sale will sell at some mm-hmm. to- at some point yeah so the risk is very minimal that That they'll do this
0: work and yeah yeah, that's what i was just wondering might this lead to a two-stage payment for solicitors where the vendor will pay them tranche one to prepare everything for sale and then tranche two of the fee gets paid when the deal gets done i see that 100%
1: 100% happening and mm. it's not an additional fee so no. let's say the conveyance cost 2,000 euro yeah that the solicitor will be putting funds say 500 of that up front and 1,500 euro on completion mm-hmm. so the so solicitor is not out of pocket so for instance the estate agent gets it mm-hmm. so the estate agent will say look my fee is 1% and I want 500 euro marketing upfront mm-hmm. that marketing is to cover the agent's outlay mm-hmm. and spend mm-hmm. and, and typically they'll get it mm-hmm. um, so there's no reason why the solicitor wouldn't do the same uh, and I just think that the solicitor and I've spoken to solicitors about this and they're saying yeah we need to start doing that because I don't yeah. think there'll be resistance from the client
0: yeah
1: um, uh, so yeah so I just think that's a great way of doing it and, and we can handle that for them because we've integrated through Stripe so Stripe is the world's leading payments provider yeah. wonderful Irish success story yeah, Alice it myself. And down in, in Limerick mm-hmm. um, and we're integrated with DocuSign as well mm-hmm. so we can quickly get letters of engagement signed up get AML documentation in, you know, identity Mm -hmm. and proof of address, uh, whether it's for the agent or the solicitor and get money paid up front. Get money in from the client to speed up the process
0: okay so it sounds to me like let's say I'm an agent listening to this and I think right an awful lot of my time as Robert's just been saying is wasted doing chasing things like an um, anti if I'm taking on a new client who's giving me a house to sell the first thing I need to do is get their proof of address and proof of ID I need them to sign a contract all of that takes a bit of time yeah so basically offer is like my very active and efficient and well informed assistant who's going to just get on the case is that right um, yeah, it is. No, I'm not
1: suggesting that we're replacing the assistants no. in the estate agents' offices no. because it's a tool for them to use. Of course. Um, instead of it all being manual, they can now do it automatically. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's 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 almost like a concierge service, a, a quiet behind-the-scenes concierge service. That uh, and we're happy to be the background brand. It's just powered by Offer. It's all about the estate agents' brand. Mm-hmm. The button is on their website. It's in their colours. It's their branding. It's white labelled. It's uh, as far as the. Customer is concerned, they're dealing with the estate agent's technology. Yeah. But to build this technology, for a state agent to build this technology, most agents just don't have the budget for it. Yeah. They don't have the, the, the wherewithal, the knowledge to be able to build this vast. Scaling technology, so I left the industry. I left the estate agency industry because I really have an interest in this, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and I, I was heavily involved in an online auction company that was very successful, mm-hmm. and we got to see how bidding, online bidding, can really improve the process. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to take it several steps further and start to address some of the the other holdups where the banks involved, where the the are mm-hmm. involved, um, and work with everybody in a in a in a collaborative partnership mm-hmm. arrangement. Um, I think there's a certain assumption out there that. What we're bringing is a threat, that yeah. it's a threat to estate agency, that it's a threat to solicitors. Those that are using it and actually see it, and actually go and look at it, go typically go, oh my God, I totally see what you mean. This is actually here to try to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, because we, ch- we make our fee from the estate agent. We charge mm-hmm. the estate agent a subscription fee. Mm-hmm. Without the estate agent, we have no customers to pay our fees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're very, very motivated to so. keep the estate agent in their place and allow them uh, build their business for the future. Um, and just on that, it's, yep. it, it's it's amazing for me to be able to see straight away amongst the industry those that are looking towards the future and those that are not. Yeah. Tomorrow's buyers and sellers are going to want to do as much of what they can do on their smartphone. Mm-hmm. They're just not going to understand why they can do everything else on their phone. They can transfer money online. They can, you know, um, do lots of other very important things online. You know, insurance. Uh, Down to consumer things like holidays and buying things online, but for some reason they're not able to do anything on their smartphone. So at the moment, the only smartphone technology that's out there is when you search for property Mm -hmm. on the portals. Yeah. After that, there is zero smartphone technology right to the end. Uh, And we want to deliver this smartphone technology because some estate agents have said to me, "Oh, some of my my buyers are over a certain age, or they are in a certain part of the country that." Mm -hmm technology is just not for them. Mm-hmm. First of all, I think that's an incredibly backward attitude because I know from experience that lots of people over a certain age are more than capable of using technology. Yeah. They're able to use Skype to mm-hmm. talk to their grandkids in Australia. Mm-hmm. They're able to do lots of things online. Yeah. Um, it so. may not be for everyone. But yeah. Yeah. but even still, that is a minority as opposed to a majority. Yeah. And they are existing customers. What about customers, customers in five years time, in 10 mm-hmm. years time? Is everybody just going to keep playing catch-up all the time? I think you need. To, so we can see there are certain agents that have latched onto this immediately, and they yeah. can see that this is going to set them up really well. Whatever, whether it's our technology or whether it's a competitor's mm-hmm.
0: technology, the point is being equipped for tomorrow's customer. I wonder what the average age of an agent is in Ireland at the moment, because there might be something to do with that. That that we might have a lot of mature agents who are are maybe. Not that keen to embrace that technology, but probably all the ones coming up are going to be completely interested. I, in I think, in fairness to them, the, the
1: the feedback we're getting is that there there is no there isn't acceptance.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: don't. Th- I, I'm hearing very little denial that technology is the way forward. Yeah. But understanding it and really kind of getting into the weeds and embracing it <laughs> is understandably not within everybody's remit. Um, and I think you know. It is interesting to look at the industry from an age profile because there's 850 odd estate agent companies in Ireland with a license to sell property. Mm-hmm. Um, of that, over 90% are very small practices, mm. have four or less licensed individuals in their practice. Right. right? That's over 90%. I'm so that means that the vast majority of estate agent firms are owner managed or, mm-hmm. or owner run and typically that is somebody who has been running that business for mm-hmm. several decades mm-hmm. and have been running it very successfully um, mm-hmm. but unfortunately when it comes to second-hand residential sales there is little to no money to be made in it as, as, a, as a profitable business and that's why you'll find the majority of these firms are also trying to do lettings they're trying to do management they're trying to do new home sales because if you were to just do second-hand sales mm. you will lose money uh, it you know the average fee is two, three, four grand. It mm-hmm. takes on average seven months to get paid. Mm-hmm. There is no other business in the world would accept seven month payment terms. Mm-hmm. It just because yeah. happen. So the estate agent is shelling out every month staff costs, uh, office overheads, everything else, insurance, but they're only getting paid every seven months. Uh, that should, first of all, that should be three months. Mm-hmm. And the time spent to chase that three grand fee, should not be so manual and, and heavy, heavily uh, reliant on, Human on, on this kind of chasing and yeah. phone calls and change the desk. I just think it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. I've been watching it for 20 years mm. and I don't think I've ever seen anything so absurd in my life mm. as the existing Model. property sales process, being very honest.
0: Mm. Mm. And I think it, 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 technology is like a useful tool to have but it's never going to replace the face-to-face contact the connection that's what people value and that's what the future is yep. but technology is a really powerful weapon or instrument for us to use to to support this human-to-human connection but that's all it does it doesn't replace it but it does Tec- support it
1: yeah technology can be your best friend or it can be your worst enemy yeah and most technologies will fall into one of those two categories Um, And I say that from the perspective, say, of, say, an industry practitioner. Mm -hmm. And there are technologies that are out there that are actively trying to completely replace, say, an existing incumbent or an existing professional. Mm -hmm. And then there are other technologies that are trying to assist, and we're very much in the latter category. Right.
0: So you're trying to assist. Uh,
1: Because we see there should be the perfect blend of human advice and technological capabilities. Right. Uh, You could take email as an example you know there was a time when it was considered that email could never be used for professional purposes that's like electronic communications you must be joking yeah. everything should be papered and it should mm-hmm. be recorded and you've got a copy of it I can't imagine a business ever trying to run them, th- their own business without email imagine if you yeah. turned off email in the morning you tried to run your business but email didn't replace anybody mm-hmm. you know it, it, it wasn't suddenly all these businesses just went online because email came around and email is the single biggest
0: technological innovation I think in business in, in modern history Can I just ask you, say, with the offer button, I've seen agents use your offer system, but when I go onto My Home and Daft, I don't see the offer button on anyone's uh, listing. So, what's the story with that? So, we take up where Daft and My Home just, I
1: name-checking them only because they're the two Irish incumbents, but yeah. it's the, it, it, you might just say the portals yeah, um, and it's the same in, in, in any country, you might say, but uh, we take up where the portals leave off. Yeah. So the portals do a very good job of marketing and finding the buyers. Mm-hmm. And after that, then the buyers have to try to contact the estate agent. Yeah. And they'll do so either by a, a contact form on the portal's page or they'll ring the estate agent or they'll email the estate agent mm-hmm. and they'll try and get the agent to call them back. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, it is completely offline. Whereas we now come in at that point. So the estate agent then can send a link, can either phone or send a link to the buyer and say, here's the link to the page on our website where the button is. You can book a viewing, you can see the offers, you can submit your own offer, you can send a query. You can talk to me on the phone either. We mm-hmm. fully encourage that. But you can talk to the phone and be using the button and you can go back. You, For instance, have a, have a conversation first and then for the rest of the time, interact with the button because mm-hmm. you're interacting with the agent and the key services. The vast majority of phone calls to an estate agent's office are to find out one of two things. Mm-hmm. When can I view the property and have you any offers on it? Mm-hmm. And the vast majority of the estate agents will happily share that information with anyone who calls. Mm-hmm. They don't ask for proof of identity yeah. before telling yeah. you what the offer is. They mm-hmm. don't ask you to call into my office before mm-hmm. I tell you what the mm-hmm. offer is. They will typically have a quick chat, establish that this is... A genuine person and they'll say yeah well we can show it to you on Saturday at 1 o'clock or Wednesday at 3 o'clock and they might say yeah look we've got two offers on the property at the moment the highest offer is 340,000 mm-hmm. euro you now the asking is 350 we're mm-hmm. hoping to get to 350 or maybe the offers are over asking and you might say look the asking is 350 and we're up to 365 we're mm-hmm. thinking of closing it out now very soon you need to go in and have a look at it very quickly so they're openly sharing this information mm-hmm. and so all offer does is share the exact same information but through the panel on the agent's own website. So now the, and, and anyone who lands on that panel creates an account, they can use social media to instantly create an account with the estate agent, mm-hmm. uh, or they can type their name, email address, and phone number, and the estate agent captures this information straight away. Okay. Um, so we can, we're happy to, 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 to work with the portals if they're interested in having our button on their site, mm-hmm. but at the moment we take up where the portal leaves off.
0: Okay, so let's just say then I have, um, here's an experience I commonly have. I'm interested in a property, I phone the estate agent. When I get through to the estate agent, the very helpful receptionist will tell me, oh yes, well the agent looking after that property is out of the office at the moment. I'll get him or her to phone you back. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of useless because it's a pleasant encounter, but I I am none the wiser, and I'm now waiting for the agent to phone me back. Do you see the situation where the person who answers the phone can say, I'm going to link you in with the offer button, and that will tell you all the information on this particular property and will keep you updated and you can even make a viewing I understand as well book a viewing is that right to the offer button correct yeah okay so, so is there any reason why an estate agents receptionist or the whoever answers the phone in the agent in the agency could not just click an offer button over to whoever is inquiring and now that person is fully in the loop
1: so that that's exactly what happens yeah and the agent can still make the call back this is the beauty of it. Exactly, you're not so, eliminating so that. So, in that okay, if we talk, walk through that exact process, what will happen is the interested party will ring the state agent's office and they'll typically ring the office number, mm-hmm. right? It's just a general information number. So they ring and there could be a a receptionist or customer service person answering the phone and sometimes the customer service person is fully appraised of what's going on with the property. Mm -hmm. Very well run estate agents offices will always have all the live information there and the person on the phone will be able to say there's a viewing on Mm -hmm. this time or the offer is X. Mm -hmm. But often they won't. Most Mm -hmm. of the time they will say I'll have to get Johnny to ring you back or I'll have to Mm -hmm. get Mary to ring you back but in this case what happens is they say I'm going to send you a link so the receptionist Mm -hmm. has a a little button in front of them Mm -hmm. that they tap the button, they type the name of the, the, a name and uh, email address of that person and it'll send them a link either on their phone or their email uh, and that will connect that person to the button on the agents website where they can see the offers and they can book a reviewing so what the receptionist says is I'm going to send you a link to all this information mm-hmm. and I'm going to get Johnny to give you a call so while you're waiting for Johnny to give you a call back you can go ahead and book a viewing, see the offers so you're not actually having to wait you can still mm-hmm. then, then when you get the phone call from mm-hmm. Johnny you're now fully mm-hmm. up to speed. You yeah. go, Great. Look, I see. I know. I see you where you are on your offers. I've already booked a viewing in. Mm. Can I ask you about? This? Yeah. Why are they are selling? That, what's their what's own status? Are, are
0: they? You know, yes. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can see. I mean, honestly, it, it it's such a good system that it would nearly make me think of getting into sales, which I'm not actively thinking of doing. But it just means that it's actually makes your life so much easier. Well, that's hopefully the idea. Mm. Um, know one of our challenges is
1: that it's very big and it's very new Mm. and it gets into the root of a lot of what's going on Mm. in the estate agent's life, in the solicitor's life, in the buyer's life, in the seller's life and in the bank's life so anything that is that big and, and sort of doing so much and yeah. often scared to be Jesus out of people. Of course, yeah. Right? And they kinda go, Oh my god, these guys are trying to take over, you know? Yeah. And it's nothing could be further than the truth. Yeah. We are a technology company. Our income and our future is based on repetitive income. Mm-hmm just repetitive, repetitive income, scalable, repetitive income. Uh, And we've raised a lot of money through investors who uh, include some VC funds and include the two pillar banks Mm -hmm. and some private individuals. They invested based on the fact that this can be scalable and repetitive income. Mm -hmm. So what we're all about is giving everybody the tools Mm -hmm. to be able to do their job much better. The more they use our tools, the more we can build up that academy. So
0: if I was an agent listening to this and I think, yeah, that sounds interesting. I wonder, roughly, costs. Is it, do you charge on a transaction basis, on a volume, how, roughly, how do you approach charging? So for the, this? The,
1: the, the, the primary um, uh, charge is a subscription fee. Right. So we consulted with a lot of estate agents and we asked them would you prefer to pay per property mm-hmm. or would you prefer to pay per month? Mm-hmm. And the vast majority said per month. Okay. So then they can put as many properties as they want through it. Yeah. So we charge six hundred euro per month mm-hmm. per estate agent's office up to five users, which would be cover right. most single yeah. offices and they can use the button on all their private treaty properties there's no cap on mm-hmm. the number of properties that can be sold using the private treaty method mm-hmm. we do have an additional excuse me an additional charge for auction properties of mm-hmm. 0.1% of the sale price okay which is only payable if, if it sells mm-hmm. uh, but 95% of properties in Ireland are sold by private treaty yeah. so that's the preferred method of sale um, and, that, and that's pretty much that's it Like okay. that, that's our that's that's the charge yeah mm-hmm. um, for larger offices that you can buy bundles of five licences Mm -hmm. Uh, For six hundred euro per month, and we have a a free trial for someone who wants to use it for the first month. They don't pay anything, and we have an introductory offer at the moment for the first hundred agents. Um, And we're, I think, well on our way to to that number, shall we Mm -hmm. say? But uh, and that's where for the first six months it's only three hundred euro per month, so it's not expensive. No, Um, well certainly we don't believe so.
0: Great. Well, Robert, thank you very much for taking the time for a second time to talk me through the whole process. And I have to say it sounds really, really useful for any agent. I can't see anyone, any reason why not to give it a go. Oh, thank you very much. Um, Yeah, I suppose the
1: the final thing is just that, you know, it's what I would suggest all property professionals is that everybody's doing their best to try to make a living, to give a really good service to their client and to get up the next day and have more customers and more income Mm -hmm. but I would just say to all property professionals but legals and um, estate agencies be thinking of tomorrow's Mm. customer it's Mm. all about tomorrow's client and tomorrow's customer it's so easy to get caught in the now and in the weeds and trying to just get to the end of the day and get or get the next Mm. property listed and get the next client in but it is changing rapidly out there you know mm-hmm. like there's people who are in their late teens and early 20s now they will be looking to buy their first starter home in their late 20s mm. that's coming around very very quickly mm-hmm. if, if everybody isn't prepared for that there's going to be a real shock to the system whether it's with us or other technologies, this is more of a general thing. And mm-hmm. um, I would, I really encourage the industry to start looking a bit more forward mm-hmm. as to what's coming down the tracks.
0: Well, you certainly did. Um, great, thanks very much, Robert Thanks, Brett. Thank you for listening today. If you'd like to book that coaching session with me, just click on the link in the show notes. Or if you'd like to find out more about the buyer's agent service I offer, click on my website link in the show notes. And best of luck with taking your next step towards a new home in Ireland.